This is the Mend It Paths podcast with Chadwick Hayward, episode 13. Welcome to MendItPaths.com. Let's get back to bed. Hi, Pathmenders. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 13th episode of the Mend It Paths podcast. This week, I bring you my discussion with the amazing Josh Lajani. Josh is a self-described plant-eating, Miles Logan, hoot-at from the Bayou La Fourche, with an appetite for life. He is an inspiration after truly mending his own path. Weighing over 400 pounds, Josh started his journey because he wanted to lose some weight, but more importantly, to shake things up a little by providing some change in his life as a way of coping with a stressful period. However, the path he started down turned into so much more. Now Josh is an ultra-marathoner with many races in the rearview mirror. In September 2016, he finished third in the Wildcat 100-miler in Florida, and he was recently featured on the cover of Runner's World magazine after winning their 2016 cover model search. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Josh. It's fantastic to have you on the show. Cool to be here, brother. So your journey started in bits and pieces about five years ago. Where were you, let's say, 2010 what what did your life look like at that point life was a party life was like a lot of a lot of good stuff going on in 2010 Mm -hmm. um i i was still like quasi newlywed i'd only i'd only been married for since 2008 that was a still something you know like getting used to that but really happy and i'm still very happy but you know, it's just a, it's just a, that's a new part of your life. I was also in the third year of, of going back to school and getting my degree as a non-traditional student. So I felt, I felt really good about myself for, for going back and, and uh, achieving that accomplishment. Yeah, that's awesome. And also in 2010, uh, early 2010, the Saints won the Super Bowl. I'm a huge <laughs> Saints fan. Huge New Orleans Saints fan, been been a Saints fan my whole life, and and we got we got season tickets in 2006 after Katrina, and it really like it it pulled me even closer into the organization. It made it more visceral, like in because I participate in that in that crowd noise that happens on ten times a year during the football yeah. season, and so in 2010, like wow the Saints won the Super Bowl, that was kind of a big deal, you know? It's, I mean, that's kind of like the Cubs and, or, or, or Red Sox, you know, in baseball. It's like, yeah. nope, that's not supposed to happen, <laughs> right? And so so 2010, the summer of 2010, um, it was a pretty – it was a time of celebration for me. There's a lot of happy stuff in my life that, you know, calls for celebration. And to me, that meant a lot of alcohol and a lot of food whether it was at a really good restaurant or preparing it myself or making a giant rotisserie pit full of ribs and chicken and, and, um, and ribeyes, you know, yeah. uh, for my friends. So that's, yeah, that's where I was in 2010. Just good, good stuff. And so health wise, where, where were you there? Probably, I was probably, you know, not, I was, uh, abnormally large guy but around 400 pounds 400 plus in that area i probably floated between 390 and 410 there for a couple of years and so but that wasn't like in that i was an ex-football player so people were used to seeing me big so it wasn't like a oh man look how big josh is like josh has always been big this is normal my bam bam's big my come from big people 
I'm supposed to be big. This is like Who's my big? identity. My grandfather, I call him Bam Bam, excuse me. Bam Bam, okay. little context. Yeah, he's my, my mom's dad and has been the patriarch of my family my whole life. And he's, you know, 6'2", 380 my whole life. So I, there, oh, wow. I, there was nothing. That's normal. Yeah, exactly. Not only normal, but desired. To be oh, just okay. like him, to be like him. I'm a big whiskey drinking, back slapping, you know, <laughs> steak cooking fellow. That's what I do, right? So you decided that uh, you wanted a change at some point. Like what, what led to that change if, if that was a normal uh, type of lifestyle for you? Well, you know, my normal answer to that is that, is that uh, I was going back to school and I wanted to look better in a suit. And, I, you know, and a lot of those things are all true. Um, but at the same time, I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff in my life. And my grandfather needed more and more of my help and a lot more stress on that front and dealing with other family members and struggling with, with you know, Fam, divorce in the family and all of the politics that goes with a cleavage of that type. It's a lot so, of stress. Yeah, it was a lot, lots of stuff going on. And, and it was just time, you know, here I am getting my degree. I'm, I, it's something that uh, I didn't really think was going to happen, but, but maybe, maybe it's time to do some things different, some things that aren't even, don't even seem tangibly connected to the things that are bad in my life right now. But let me let me just try to change some stuff. And I and I really committed to, to uh, going to the gym with my friend uh, Jeff. And we and I got a lot of frustrations out, a lot of worry and angst um, okay. was was bypassed uh, by going to the gym and going to uh, eventually my running and that 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 sense of uh, accountability with your workout buddy and all of that stuff. Um, that really sort of kicked off. So it was a de-stressing agent for you. Yeah, and on top of that, earning my degree, there were a lot. There was a lot of stress involved with finishing this thing off properly. When I'm yeah. being heavily distracted with life and business, and in in at the same time, and negotiating different things to achieve certain outcomes, and all of that type of stuff that's going on at my life in my life at the same time um, yeah. in 2011. Yeah. So you start going to the gym. Was was that really your uh, the beginning of your change? Yeah, that was the beginning of this one. I'd done it over and over in my life. Uh, go to the gym, lose some weight, lose interest, gain some weight, eventually yeah. get so much more weight put on that you decide you need to do something with yourself. Like the typical yo-yo. Yeah, it's usually in a self-deprecating way. Like, you fat piece of yeah. You need to get you need to get your act together. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And um and that sort of stuff is in retrospect, that's a lot easier than the actual pragmatic behavior changes. Um yeah. it's a lot easier to just really curse yourself lower than a dog than it is to be pragmatic and go, Okay, what are the things that I'm doing that are creating this outcome? And let me start addressing those one by one. And and going to school it really sort of put me in that mindset doing doing case studies and doing group work with people on 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 uh, different projects and, and yeah. stuff in school. And so uh, in a lot of ways, I just kind of became a lot more pragmatic about the approach on this go around. I think that's that's a main um, that was a huge difference between this time and the last couple of times. OK, 
it it seems like yeah people fall into that negative self-talk pretty quick in their own yeah. heads yeah uh, so but it was your really your university experience that taught mm -hmm. that problem identification and breaking it down to its fundamental root causes right i've yeah. been doing the self-deprecating since i was 12 and i mean how did where where am i now because of it? what has it gotten me so yeah. so maybe it's time to do something different right Okay. And so that different was just going to the gym and you said running as well. So you started running at that time? Yeah. Running and going to the gym and being, and being, um, fact oriented with it. Um, not, okay. you know, more pragmatic in other words, like reading about how to lose body fat and reading about what circuit training is and how three sets of as heavy as you can lift it uh, three sets of 10 of heavy as you can lift it, like in the football lock in the football weight room. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily translate to a person becoming fit and losing weight and, and, and efficiently and doing the types yeah. of things that I was now trying to do in my life. So that, so doing that, being pragmatic about it led me to less weight and, and more, uh, aerobic exercises and, uh, spiking that intensity with circuit training and stuff like that okay. would eventually which eventually led me to the outdoors and trying to do running because honestly because running was so laborious to me that i knew that it was it had to be doing something because <laughs> you know it was had to be a hell of a workout because i it freaking sucked when you're yeah. like 380 and it's august you know yeah yeah, it gets hot in uh, Louisiana. Oh, August. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, this has to be worth five of my weight workouts. And really, okay. it is. It's kind of like, it's like two or three of what my weight workouts would have been. You know? So running really Calorie became an efficiency yeah. thing. Exactly. It became, it was a hack at first, right? And so did you change your diet? No, not at first, not at all. Not at first? So at what, what led you to, like, how, I guess, how long did you... Uh, incrementally add more running and working out and that kind of stuff. Like what, what was your experience with that? Yeah, the running kind of took off after in, a, in a 2012, early 2012, I ran my first organized race okay. at, at uh, the Crescent city classic in new Orleans. And that was real, that was an eye opener for me. Like I enjoyed being in a huge crowd of people. Um, it was very Mardi Gras esque almost, you know, it okay. was like all the people, like being in the same space as all these different as all of these different people from all walks of life and they got the streets closed off just for us and yeah. we're going and we're suffering this thing out together and going and doing it as a as a single like biomass yeah. you know crawling through uh the French quarter and out to mid city that was that was cool to me they kind of got me hooked into the idea of hey I want to be a better thing this i want to be a better runner i want to be better okay. at this thing that they are doing called running and mm -hmm. um and so I, I i just i bought more into that and as as i started doing more of that what i was putting into my body both for, for becoming lighter and for being just generally healthier and helping my recovery and all of those things um, as I became more and more in love with running, what I was putting into my body became more and more important to me. And, okay. um, and so that happened, uh, I saw before I, before, uh, I really did anything with, uh, uh going plant-based or anything of that nature. It was just, you know, eating clean, starting to get a pull away from all of the processed foods, 
the stuff that came in boxes. That was yeah. kind of like the first step that kind of started so to happen. So you would be more cognizant of what you were more eating. More cognizant. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm not working out so I can eat like an <laughs> Like that's technically kind of what I was doing. I was like, hey, I lost 100 pounds and I still eat like a slob. This is awesome. <laughs> And so that was that was about a year that it took to lose your first hundred pounds. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. And and so <laughs> I was like, you know, but what I didn't realize at the time was as my weight dropped, that default calorie burn that I would have just as a baseline throughout the day went way down. So yeah. I could technically still have thirty five hundred or four thousand calories a day, whatever it was. I wasn't counting. And do all of the running and lifting and stuff that I was doing throughout the day, uh, added on with my big heavy body, um, and still be at a deficit and still lose weight as I would go, yeah. and I, and still have stuff like, you know, peanut butter fudge and hot dogs and Burger King and milkshakes and stuff like that. I, I just ate less of it. Yeah. Um, so right. how much were you working out at that point? Like an hour a day? Oh, it, yeah, I would go twice a day usually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I would probably work out and run a little bit in the morning and probably on my way home, probably hit the gym again in the afternoon, but not run in the afternoon. Okay, so you were burning a lot of calories. Yeah, and plus I was still really heavy, you know, between yeah. 350 and 400 still. So it didn't take a lot of wiggling to burn calories when you're that heavy. Yeah, yeah moving moving. 350 pounds isn't an easy task yeah and so even when i was so when i was doing that i was still drinking tons of beer you know drinking a lot of whiskey uh still having a good time and going to the bars and you know doing some fried food sport eating as i was drinking alcohol like it's the normal things to do in new orleans and south louisiana yeah and uh still able to lose weight because my uh because i hadn't hit that like that equilibrium yet where yeah. people, what people call a plateau, what it is, yeah. is you just really haven't, you've like stopped making changes. Yeah. And so that's as far as these sets of, this set of changes is going to bring you. So did you come to a plateau before you made more changes? Yeah. At about that hundred pound mark, I started to, to just sort of like, just sort of maintain in that area. Okay. How long did you maintain? Just for a little while, I would say probably, um, Probably about four months or so. Okay. Uh, maybe a little longer than that before I started really, really tweaking um, what I ate more seriously. Okay. So what was that spark? Uh, that was my wife and I decided to because the spark was I wanted to run the second Crescent City Classic in under an hour. Okay. And. So that's a 10K, right? That's a 10K, yeah. So the first one, it, it took me like an hour, 43 minutes. Okay. And, and I was still over 300 pounds at the time. And so I was like, okay, so in a year, I'd like to be able to finish in under an hour. Well, the year had almost completely gone by. I had lost a lot more weight. Like I said, I was still living that, that lifestyle, just a little less of it. Yeah. And, and um, by the end of 2012 is when... You know, it started to, like we say, it started to be nut cutting time. It was like pistol get off the pot time because I had made this, I had made this schedule. I mean, I had made this commitment, this goal, and I'm starting to wonder, am I going to be able to get it? Because 10 mile, 10 minute miles seems extremely fast still to me, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so my wife and I decided to go for, after, after Mardi Gras, we decided to go for, uh, 
40 days of eating clean in 2013. Okay. And I, and I, and I felt really good, even though I still had meat in my diet, we were so restrictive in where, what we were allowed, allowing ourselves, like it had, it could only be organic. It only, only be a certain portion like, of and, and so that type of stuff, um, no processed food. And then, so things started changing in 2013 and I finished that, that, that 10 K I did get in in under an hour, but around that same time that I was so heavily messing with our food is when I, um, I read born to run. And then that was like a series of stuff happened because I read born to run. And then I read eat and run Scott Jurek's book. So I learned about Scott Jurek, then read his book immediately, then read, the next ultra marathoning book I could find, which just in the tight, just luck of the draw searching for the titles on iBooks, I found finding ultra. Okay. And then I read that book and then I read Brendan Brazier's book thrive. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And around that whole same time, I'm like, what's more out there? What more? And then around that same time, Netflix was just becoming a thing for me. Uh, I had just gotten a Netflix account, I think. And I watched stuff like forks over knives and, and uh, Engine 2 and yeah. like Hungry, like the whole normal sort of starter kit of, peop- of people <laughs> with the food epiphany, you know? Yeah. And that started happening um, around April 2000 and uh, April 2013 is when that started to really take hold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you did your New Year's resolution kind of clean eating challenge. Kinda, it was like, right. Yeah. It was, even though yeah. my wife and I aren't very religious, we did... We did uh, Lent. Everybody gives up something for Lent. Yeah. And, um, and so we just kind of did it as a social thing. And we just uh, we went clean for Lent. We ate, we, we, we ate clean for Lent. And that was really the first step in me, you know, uh, taking the, the plant-based step un, unbeknownst to me at the time. I didn't realize that that was what was happening. But looking back, yeah. that's what it wound up being, yeah. So Lent, Lent finished, and did you go back to your standard eating? Immediately, we did. After that 10K, where I got in under 10, where I got in under an hour, and it's funny. I don't know if I mean I think I did have this conversation before, but it's immediately after that race, I went to my favorite po' boy place, and I got a big oyster po' boy, and I got uh, <laughs> some chili cheese fries, and a couple of Barks root beers, which is like that's a classic, typical. Yeah. Good old boy, New Orleans lunch. Right. And um, and so I ate all of that and immediate I go back to the apartment and lay down and I was like, I felt terrible. Yeah. I just felt terrible physically and mentally. And it was like I worked so hard to get to where I am. Here I am, 100 pounds light. I just finished a 10K under an hour. Really didn't think it was going to be possible to average a 955 pace for an entire 10K, but it did. Yeah. And the first thing I did to celebrate all of those things is the exact that kept me from being all of those things. <laughs> Sabotage. Right. I was like, yeah. what? Are... <sighs> and so I just had to, I just was like, no. So at that point in my life, it was like, this is, I'm, I need to make a decision that this isn't going to be a thing with a switch that I turn on and off to get results as I want them or yeah. main or get goals. It's going to be a switch. I'm going to turn it on 
and I'm going to duct tape the switch on. I'm going <laughs> to nail a box around it. Nobody can touch the switch. The switch is on, and that's my lifestyle for the rest of my life. I give a damn about every meal I eat. That's awesome. It's not just temporary. That's great how a bad decision led to a good one. Right. And uh, But it, it's impossible without support under your own roof. It's so not impossible, but it's so difficult. And I just thank my stars every day that I had somebody that she's just like right there with me. Whatever crazy. Okay, you don't want to eat meat no more. All right. We throw every throw all the milk away. Throw all she was, you know, she lagged behind me on the dairy for a little while. Okay. But me immediately, she was right on board with me, right? So that that was that was it's it it makes it a lot more doable when the person that matters to you the most is like, you know what? You got a point. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that. My wife and I kind of leapfrogged with like who is more intense down this path. Um, oh, I'm definitely the intense one. She tries to yeah. every day. To like, I, hey, I am now. Hey, yeah. <laughs> throttle but just a tad, brother. Let's relax. She started it and I bit. was I was slow and then it's like, okay, then I got into it and leaped ahead of her, but yeah. I, I would cheat more and then so right. and, yes, and now Josh, it's like, this muffin right, this muffin has oil in it, I'm pretty sure, but I'm <laughs> in New York City right now. We're in Manhattan, we're walking yeah. around, like relax, let's chill. And I and I have trouble trying to find that balance and that middle ground sometimes. Yeah. But having a rudder you know, that doesn't mind being strong and uh, is, is important. I find for me, like, I, I know a lot of people do like that kind of um, special treat kind of thing, but I find for myself, it's uh, it, the slippery slope gets me. So, yeah, I'm a fat guy. The slippery right? slope yeah. gets me, man. I, get, I, I know how I can extrapolate out having two Oreo cookies yeah, to a exactly. week of crap. I will eat the entire box of cookies. And my wife does not have – my wife would eat two out of a whole sleeve and let them go stale in the pantry. Yeah, that would never I, happen with me. I, I, dude, I couldn't get to sleep that night, you know, no. <laughs> if I knew I had to open Oreos in the pantry. Oh, that's you why know? I gave up drinking, man. I, I used to right. say one's too many because ten's not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right? And like I'm geez. lucky. Food was my thing. Drinking, yeah. as much as I drank, and I drank a lot. I never, not once, it was almost like a relief to not drink anymore for me um, oh, Okay. because I just had done it so much and it meant yeah. so many things. It meant staying up late. It meant being hungover. It meant spending lots of money because when you develop the tolerance that I had, I mean, it was like a half gallon <laughs> at least a weekend plus all of the beer plus the bar tabs of riding around. Like it was just insanity. Right. Yeah. And so going, eh, you know what? This alcohol's really killing my weight loss. And in and almost using that as an excuse to step away from it was yeah. very liberating. And I still enjoy hanging out with my friends. I don't know if they enjoy me as much, but I don't <laughs> that's a, that's not my problem. I love yeah. them. I hope they do, kinda sometimes. I still make fart jokes and stuff, so hopefully <laughs> I can still get a laugh out of them every now and then, even though I'm not inebriated. Yeah. But I still enjoy going out and uh, having a glass of, uh, you know, just a glass of, uh, of, of seltzer water with a lime in it and yeah. maybe have a beer because I never really had an issue. My issue was at the Taco Bell drive through or, yeah. um, you know, that's really where my 
it was out of control. It was out of control. It was just really out of control. And I think a lot more people have it. They, a lot more people are in out of control mode than they're willing to, to let on these days with food. Um, and, and, and I think a lot more people are food addicted than we realize or even those addicted individuals realize. And, and people make a ton of excuses for their Tons. rationalizations, for their addiction. Tons. It's culture. It's my birthday. Grandma died. Grandma, yeah. whatever I, she I know wanted, me, bingo, whatever. Right. Yeah. It's, it's easier for me to, to set a rule and then it's either for the rule or against the rule. So it's like, I don't yeah, eat the black and white. And that's, food, I learned that, right? right. I learned that a lot from listening to rich roll, rich roll, put things in those terms. And that was how I was even, cause that was one thing that, that animal products did for me in the food realm was it gave yeah. me something to turn off. Like I, you can't stop eating. No, but, but it gave me a thing <laughs> not over to say long never term. again to, Huh? You can you can't stop you can stop eating, but not over the long term. <laughs> that's exactly right. No, you right, you could fast right. for a day or two, but yeah, and and I still do. I think that's probably really normal. Is to like I I, I can't see wild humans having food three meals a day. I, I yeah. just don't see that being a thing. So I yeah. you know I don't want to get off topic, but I think that that's probably a good thing and part of our natural like uh, biological rhythm to go without from time to time. And Absolutely. we have to There's do that on purpose these days and we call it fasting. Yeah. Um, right. So, but yeah, you can't turn food all the way off. So what, what the meat and dairy did, cause it had this real, real logical ring to it to me that, Hey, look at us, look at the type of animal we are. We got more yeah. in common with a squirrel than we do with a lion. I'm sorry. We, we have more in common with – we look at what we are. So it, it sat really logically that, okay, yes, meat sometimes. But is it a prerequisite for human health? No, it is not. Not even close. Yeah. Matter of fact, gone overboard and overboard is way less quantity than what we think it is. Um, it's even worse, you know. Um, orders of magnitude worse than not having it at all. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so that really sat with me that, and then the dairy thing was a real no brainer. It's like, yeah, okay. That's kind of dumb that we do that. I don't think we need dairy. And it's like this indulgent food and we turn it into cream and butter and milk and like um, cream and butter and ice cream and all of these things that are just like liquid fat essentially. Yeah. Uh, And so, so that was, that one, you know, so I was like, okay, so meat and dairy off forever, um, and I was able to do that, and that, and that, and then as I did that, you know, you still obviously entertaining the the real the crappier vegan food, yeah, because your new rule is just meat, no meat and dairy, so that that leaves room for all the Oreos and the yeah. the you know the processed jams and breads and nut butters and all of these unctuous, delicious things um and maybe it's okay to have that to to be a lily pad from one station to the next so to speak um but yeah then then you have to learn about inside of there right exactly exactly but what it did was it did allow me that switch um to to be able to turn something into a black and white and um i've turned i've developed other switches along the way um some don't get turned all the way off 
Right. Did you see your performance improve? Yeah. Oh, immediately. Immediately. Right, immediately. 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 Weight started coming off. Um, and, and then so, and I'm hard and I was hard pressed to, you know, my running got better, but I also got stronger. So I didn't really not, I never let up and not letting up saying that phrase. I didn't let up. Sounds like it, like I was toiling away or something, but it wasn't, I was in love. I was, I was like, it's like, I couldn't wait to use this new body that was starting to like, yeah be able to do stuff that i never thought i could do before yeah. you know um i could totally and to that. so the yeah so that next six months after so april may june july august september october um yeah that next six months I, it was like it was weight was just flying off of me and then i had by that time i had done my first half marathon by fall 2013 and then I had committed to my first full marathon, which seemed ridiculous, <laughs> seemed like a ridiculous endeavor when I signed at up the, for at it. At the time, yeah. <laughs> at the time. Just so absurd. how long did you train the half for that? marathon was like, yeah, well, I started thinking about it back in probably late summer 2013, um, along the same time that I, I, got, I scheduled my first half marathon. Because okay. we have a half marathon here in Homa, and uh, but I, I did I wanted to do the jazz half. So the jazz half is in October. So by okay. October 2013, I did my first half. Did a lot of stuff wrong. I ate too much. I didn't realize I don't need to feel like I'm filling up a, a Mack truck with diesel the night before. <laughs> That's kind of how I was ex- imagine envisioning fueling myself and that yeah. didn't work i just had huge g i had to crack for like the past for like the last three miles of my <laughs> my half marathon you know and i was like not a fun this, experience. that was wrong yeah that's not that's not that was wrong bomb try again so uh november i did the homa half here uh here on the bayou in homa and um i did that one in under two hours so i was like now nah, that's okay awesome right direction here we go yeah. and so uh, but I was doing those races because I knew I had signed up to do the rock and roll, uh, 2014 in new Orleans for the first time. That was going to be my first full marathon. Okay. And it was still scaring the hair out of me, hell out of me. Cause I didn't do my, I did my first 20 mile, I think late, late November, uh, maybe early December, maybe, um, before I did my first 20 mile run. And that scared the hell out of me because at the last two miles of my 20 mile run, I was like, how in the hell am I going to do six more miles? <laughs> you know, uh, but I was totally such a newbie. I wasn't really thinking about the effects of, of the like the compounded effects of training yeah. um, and how that 20 mile run would have been completely different if I had maybe tapered into it. And, and so I was just freaking out. I, I had I hadn't developed the mindset to think about all of those different things at that point. And um, and so you were trial but, and error uh, in it. Yeah, I was just you know just flying by the seat of my pants, which is the fun part, man. Who cares if yeah. you're doing it wrong? Just go yeah. get in there, get a bloody nose, get up, go. Let me try this a different way, and then get punched in the face a little bit, and, like <laughs> figure it out. That's life. That's life. Absolutely. That's what life is, man. Right now, I'm nursing a knee injury because I, oh. like, I went out and ran my first ever ten miles um, on a Monday, 
And then, no, sorry, on a Dude. Friday. And then on yeah. a Monday, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run my first half marathon. And <laughs> w- like within two miles in, my knee started hurting and it hurt for like oh, yeah. the first six miles. Well, and I'm yeah. like, no, I just want to keep going. Like before it used to be, yeah. you'd find excuses to stop running. Yes. And now it was like, despite the pain, it's like, I just, I just want to run more. Your body yeah. just tells you to move more. Yeah. Me and my friend Howard Jacobson, uh, um, he developed this, he coined this phrase called, uh, he's like, pain is like an essential nutrient. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Every other animal on earth gets pain in gobs and we yeah. like shelter ourselves from pain. Like pain is essential to growth. Absolutely. And so it sounds so masochistic and like in the day and age we live in is like, ah, oh, that eat for a whole day or stand up or instead of you know take the stairs are you kidding me like so pushing to that point to where that very natural natural uh nutrient if you will in our lives you think it you know it was not painful to achieve the speed necessary to outrun like a lion that might be chasing you yeah. or, you know, to lift yourself onto the tree or up the branch so you don't fall and die. Like you push yourself beyond these thresholds of normal everyday pain for matters of survival in this, in your like natural animal life, Absolutely. I would think. Well, and you right? grow at the edge of your comfort zone. That's right. right? And that's, and the growth happens on the edges it That's doesn't right. happen in that cozy middle on trees and seeds in nature. Growth is where it's alive is on the edge where we've never been before. That's where the growth is happening. Yeah. You know? Well, so I, I, I saw something recently where it's like if you were witnessing a seed breaking open for the first mm-hmm. time, you would mm-hmm. think that that was being destroyed if you did not know how the growing process happened. Word. Exactly. Right. So right. you, you've got to break through something in order yeah. to grow. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and the, your first 10 mile run is a great example of that because it is a painful son of a gun, man. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. That double legs hurt just a little just, bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget mine. I was like, I looked like I was crippled. I look like I'm crippled right now because I have a, a low back thing right now. My lower back is in a knot. Uh. Um, and I just can't, just can't shake it, and it's killing me because I have, I have, I'm on a marathon training plan um, right now. But you know, uh, but at least I, I was able to race a half marathon and a 10k last week, which is probably part of my problem. Is I did a half marathon <laughs> race effort and then a 10k on on Saturday, and then a 10k for Thanksgiving the following Thursday. Um, which were both like max efforts for so now you have a new kind of addiction, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was <laughs> well, this is a better a addiction much. to have. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of jacked up right now myself, but yeah, that first 10 mile was, is a beast. Yeah. It, it, it was really a beast, is. but it's so, so crucial. We've, we've gotten a little bit off topic here so yeah, we, sure. uh, yeah you get talk, get talking about running we'll drill down into crazy we could talk all day <laughs> yes yeah, sir so um so you changed your diet you you basically the weight started pouring off of you it gave yeah. you the it gave you the ability to run multiple half marathons it looks like mm-hmm. in a in a relatively short period of time um yeah 
so it basically just took off from there. Like was, yeah, it exploded upward. My growth curve just went straight up, you know, as yeah. far as paces. So know. how long were you like cheating with vegan fake food, um, before you uh, went kind of whole? That one, that one, that one's a little harder, but I would, I, I, it would just be a total guess that I probably, I probably, you know, messed around in that, um, uh, not and not consider it cheating, having it part of my daily existence, you know, for a good just guessing three or four months probably of like okay. multiple veggie burgers a day, you know, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and multiple peanut butter sandwiches, like eating too much of those very calorically dense types of foods. Yeah. Um, so that was a learning that was a learning process and to figure out. You get like you get to running and you think you need all of these calories that you're gonna turn into some like twig or something, but <laughs> the body's so complex that the body's very efficient. Just cause just cause you burn three thousand calories on a run doesn't mean you have to eat three thousand calories or your world is gonna die. Yeah. You know? And um it's okay to be in a deficit. It's okay. Uh, you know. Well and the cleaner you eat, the, and the, cl- the more and the clean- efficient your your cells work, right? So Correct. You, you actually yeah, need you, less exactly. calories to get the you, same output. You got tons of you're very you might be calorically dilute, but you're very nutritionally dense when you have lots of raw yeah. colors, crispy vegetables and fruits and stuff, high water content, high fiber content foods. Um you, you know, your body's your body's in that's in its you know, it's in its element, you know. Yeah. So you would you would say you're probably a, a completely different person now than what you were say six years ago. Oh man, yeah, and it's tricky because you still have people in your life from six years ago, yeah, and you almost feel like a traitor. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I tricked you into being friend with fat, get drunk every weekend, fry fish all the time, and take you out on his boat, Josh. Yeah. Now I present to you vegan runner Josh. You want to still be my friend? And it's like, and I don't know, and I, and I honestly wrestle with it because I love all them people that I love everybody that I've yeah. hunted with and fished with and done all of those things with. But it's like I'm doing this thing that is very healthy for me. I feel really amazing. I've been able to help other people in my life. It's given me this sense of purpose and meaning that I've never had before. Yet it takes me away from people that I've known since kindergarten in a lot of ways, yeah. which is something I struggle with. And it, and it makes me a completely different person than the person my wife married. Yeah. And so you get in this weird predicament of really talking poorly about a person that technically my wife fell in love with. Yeah. She didn't fall in love with, you know, ultra marathon or 190 <laughs> pound vegan Josh. Yeah. And so you forget about those things when you're the person. You forget about those uh, more tangential sort of uh, side effects of of change. And they all matter and deserve energy and attention. But uh, you have to be prepared for the randomness of what is, you know. So does your wife run? Yeah, she runs. And she runs, honestly, begrudgingly because, (laughs) you know, she's very competitive. And uh, even though she can't run with me uh, as, or as fast as me, in which it, it, it kills her, but she can't, <laughs> she does do it because she doesn't want, you know, she, I, I think deep down she has that 
a little bit of that competitive spirit is uh, driving her to keep up with it. And the other thing is, I think she really believes what I'm saying when I'm talk when I talk about how it's important to do things that make you uncomfortable physically. Yeah. Um, she might disagree with me on um, thinking you should love it so much. She thinks that uh, you can do it begrudgingly and still have wonderful effects of it and i think that's mostly true but we'll i still think you should make it your life's mission it's it's better to do it begrudgingly than not to do it at all (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and so she does all of those things and she does them really well she beats herself up um but she's really consistent and um you know just you know pace wise she's she's faster than a lot of people i know and so but She's not as fast as me, so she's always got to qualify any run she shares with me with this sort of like self-deprecating tone of, well, it's not, I mean, it's crappy compared to your run, but, you know, I did, you know, do five miles and I negative split all 10 or all five or whatever the case is, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, she, she's, she's, she's a good runner, uh, even though she won't own up to it. So it's a, it's a matter of uh, setting appropriate goalposts. Correct. Right. 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 Like, right. not to be racist, but there's no way I should compare myself to a Kenyan runner because I'm no. never going to be good as a Kenyan runner. Yeah, it's not even race. It's just fact. It's like yeah. factually, <laughs> there's just fact. There's biological fact. There's societal fact. There's geographical fact that makes that human different than you. That's right. I'm not going to run a two and a half hour marathon. Nah, nah. <laughs> too late for that player. We had to start yep. you off at two, you know, <laughs> you know, running 10 K back and forth to school every day. Yeah. Um, in 80 degrees at 8,000 feet altitude <laughs> with a potential lion to chase. You. Right. Yeah. That's right. Right. So, uh, yeah, no. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely, it's apples and oranges, you know, but I love watching those guys work, man. It's just the human farm, even though they're like most Americans go, you know, oh, well, they're they're skinny. Well, whatever. They're runners. That's what this is. Who This is. Yeah. Like we should be more. We should be a lot skinnier than what we think is normal. Let Absolutely. me just break it to you, America. We fat. Relax. It's OK <laughs> to take, take some meat off your bones. I, you'd be surprised how many coon ass mamas down here freak out when they see me now and go oh my god josh you lost too much weight or don't lose any more weight oh yeah it's like what are you talking what are you talking about it makes me sad it makes me sad i'm the healthiest i've ever been in my entire life and it's like a it's like you want to hold a funeral for the fat guy those those comments are more a reflection of them than they are of you i think it is a lot of times and they know me from back then and i loved you just the way you were it's not really about that though it's not about that yeah um so but that that kind that 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 that's just human nature and that's normal especially when you live in small town america of course um, yeah you know those, those things are, are kind of normal reactions uh, from from people that are used to showing love by putting meat on your bones you know? yeah so did, you said like you've got lots of friends obviously from your previous life is sure. um do people adapt? Like, are you setting a good example for those people? Are some of those people making healthier choices? I I am. Yeah, I think I am. And, and, and my biggest thing is I, I can't go out. The quickest way to lose all my friends is to try to, to, to push be, be a nag. Right. Yeah. Um, no one likes the push a man. 
Right. But there's a balance because I do love them. And I do know some things that they don't necessarily know. And it's okay that they don't know them. They just don't know some of the facts. And I think if a lot of people did know the facts because they're smart, pragmatic individuals, they would make some changes, some simple changes, not some not get a hacky sack and grow dreadlocks changes. (laughs) Just like some simple stuff, man. Some simple stuff. That you that you really ah oh, you know what you got a point it's kind of absurd. Well, the ba- the balance is hard to find between between pushing and the balance is hard to find and in the in the in the only way to find it I I have found is just through and it sounds so hokey and hippie fied but just through love man like I love you bro you want to eat a bacon sandwich do it whatever but I will tell you you do realize this is class one carcinogen not like by like. The lettuce board didn't decide yeah. this. Like the World Health Organization like, has classified it and given you scientific reasons why it is a cancer-causing item you can put into your body. But yeah. as, long, as long as you know that and you're willing to do that and you willing and you do it knowingly, then do it. Fine. That's cool. Whatever. Sure. People still smoke too. Whatever. Food is this century's tobacco. Right. And I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah. That's part of the reason I'm an irritating ass a little bit about <laughs> the food sometimes. But, but, um, but so that's that you got constantly wrestling with that, you know? Yeah. Um, constantly wrestling with should I just keep my mouth shut or should I say something that is weighing heavy on me right here? Yeah. And so that's a dance. And um, only only the individual doing the dance can hear the music, so to speak, if that makes yeah. sense. So I guess it depends on your family, depends on your culture, depends on, you know, depends where you on live. Your individual right. friends. Right. It depends on your individual friends, what your friends do for a living. If I was living amongst friends who, who you know, own dairy farms, it, you know, how how tricky, of, of you know, it just so happens I do live in an area where. Just about everyone I know is hunting right now. Yeah, and and I don't and I don't like like I don't feel animosity towards those guys. I don't I don't I don't feel I don't want to like lash out at them because they're posting a picture of a dead deer that they killed, and that and that that takes a lot of vegans back a little bit. I, I think a lot of vegans are uncomfortable yeah. with how comfy I am with hunters in general. Um, but you got to understand, I went to kindergarten with these guys. I did this stuff all of my life, my my damn self. Well, the trouble with, with those kind of vegans are they're angry. Yeah. Right? And you, you don't seem angry. Right. It's attached to dad. It's attached to parent. It's attached to my grandpa. It's attached to all of your godchildren and being a good example for the next generation of family coming up behind you. So... You don't change any minds by screaming at people. Right. No, exactly. Now, hunting lions and giraffe and stuff that's 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 not what i'm talking about these people that i'm talking about they're hunting deer on the weekends and, and pigs maybe maybe it's hogs and ducks yeah and they're eating these things right it's yeah. a different it's a different ball game um and what hunters do is way different than what we do to have uh to animals to have like dollar stretch of beef at the at the grocery store absolutely yeah. or or the, or the animals we eat at 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 uh you know at fast food restaurants those animals are tortured, you know, compared to what happens in the woods on, on a fall afternoon or morning, you know. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a it. I I don't advocate for hunting, but it yeah. is much better than factory farming. It's much better. The tech when you boil it all down, the protein, animal proteins, animal protein. Yeah. But um, and none of it's really good for you in in those in in quantities above whatever that that magic number might be, whether it's five or ten percent of overall calories or twenty yeah. percent. I I don't know what that is. I choose zero. Because it's it's not detrimental to my health at all. I find it easier um, to just to just not have stuff in my food. My food doesn't spoil if I accidentally yeah. leave it on the counter overnight, which happens when you're absent-minded. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to me besides uh, just you know animals' lives. Yeah. Um, to to not eating any animals at all. If for me, for me, the change was health. It, it was like mm-hmm. the animal welfare side of things is really an added benefit, but yeah. that really wasn't the. And I've been beat up decision. by vegans. Like I've been beat up by vegans over it. I, I'll tell you, yeah, I have. To, I don't make a habit of unfriending people. Um, I really don't. And I've and I've friended tons and tons of strangers since that first Rich Roll podcast. Yeah. Um, but the only people who I have unfriended have been vegans. Ah. And that's that's that's. That that speaks volumes, uh, you know, and it's only been it, two, <laughs> and, and that that's why it's like I, I struggle with using the term vegan. I, yeah, me too, and it's a shame based. because the because I love the word, um, and I think the word should mean something than what the current uh, keepers of the word say it should mean. Yeah, and and um, I think there's a wrestling happening there. I think there's some some more pragmatic, logical individuals maybe wrestling that V term um, from the grasp of its current uh, whatever. Well, if, you, if you do some research on it, um, I think that wrestling actually started like right back at the beginning in, yeah. the, in the 1940s or something when the first yeah, veg source. Society, you saw right? that. Have you seen that veg source video on YouTube about the I history think. of vegan? I, th- I, I think that might be the one I'm referring to. Yeah, dude, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and that's what it gives me a lot of solace in my stance. Cause before I felt like a fraud vegan. Yeah. Um, and, but seeing that I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm feel I feel more comfortable using the term, even though when you do use the term, you invite uh, criticism from quote unquote real vegans when you hashtag yeah. something with it or blah blah blah. Call There's just a that. lot of stereotyping that goes along with the term. Yeah, and it's like, dude, we got bigger fresh to fry, pardon the pun, absolutely. Then, then you you know this this minutia, my friend. Yeah, and that's why I try to stay away with it. Like, you almost need to like define what you mean when you say it before you say it. It's like yeah. I'm going to use the term vegan, and in this context, I define it as meaning this, right? And yeah, that, it's too much work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, so someone's listening right now, and they're looking to change um, their life and mend their path. What What's the advice you would give them? You got to understand. And I'm, and you you have to you really it sounds so hokey and it sounds so childish and simple, but you got to start loving yourself, man. Not not convincing everybody that you love yourself. That's an easy one, and that's that's a cop out and that's a trick. Yeah. Really digging yourself enough to where when you are your own, you are the only person that can see you. You. 
love yourself enough to make those behavior changes, to create those outcomes that you say you want, until you love yourself, those correct decisions in um, the absence or a vacuum of judging eyes, that's where the difference gets made when nobody's looking. And that's important. Um, that only happens uh, when you become really a real good friend of yourself and you don't want to let yourself down. Forget about letting others down. I don't want to let me down. And um, that that's that's a critical step, whether that's food or, or exercise or, or substance abuse or whatever the case is. That that's a that's a big that's a biggie that I think a lot of people skip and try to hack their way around. Yeah. And that's uh, why things are temporary a lot of times. Yeah, the underlying issue has never been solved. So yes, sir. they'll do something for a period of time, but then yeah. fall back to old. And habits. a big part of that self-love comes from having the right community of humans around you. And that's yeah. what running has done for me is that, you know, um, it's not like I decided to go leave my old friends and get a new set of friends. Um, even though in reality, someone could make the argument that that's exactly what I did. Yeah. But what I really did was I started doing this thing that made me healthier and feel better about myself running. And inside of that, I, you know, clumped up with like-minded individuals. Yeah. And, you know, there's been some lap, there's been some crossover. Some people from my old life are now runners. Right. Which is awesome. Um, and that's beautiful. I love when that happens. I'm, I love when that happens. But but I, dude, I would I would go to a deer camp tomorrow with somebody. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go kill a deer unless somebody told me that great, great Danes will live for 20 years if you give them fresh raw deer meat. OK. Um, I don't think I, I wouldn't be because well, I would love to have my great Dane live for 20 years, you know? Yeah. But other than that, I, I'm, I'm not interested in eating deer. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and kill anything, but it wouldn't make me uncomfortable to be around uh, people skinning deer and barbecuing. And I would love to be that to, I still don't mind that environment at all. Um, I think the other people are more uncomfortable than I am, which, which says a lot actually. Yeah. Again, a reflection of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So I actually relish the times I get to go, uh, and be in one of those, those situations where I'm the only one not doing X, whether it's crawfish or barbecue or yeah. eating gratons or whatever. It's something to be said to be the nonconformist in the group. Yeah, it speaks. It speaks. It speaks pretty loudly without ever really saying a word. And yeah. and, and and if you're the type of person that you know truly loves these people, then people take notice and go, "Well, why? It must be a big deal to him. Why is it such a big deal?" Yeah. And then you never know what seeds get planted without ever saying a word. And so that's why I don't. I don't cave when it's Mardi Gras. Or whatever. I'm I'm yeah. on all the time. I duct taped that switch a long time ago. And and this is you. This is me. Yeah. I'm and I'm totally comfortable with it. It's brought me places I would have never imagined. Uh, you know, cover of the cover of Runner's World. Holy crap! So let's let's talk about that. So you've lost a hundred and a yeah. hundred and ten pounds. You yeah. went from 
two hours and 40 minutes running a 10k that was your first race no two, one hour 40 minutes yeah one, one hour, hour 40, 40. sorry okay mm-hmm. and then so like what's the longest race you've run now 100 miles 100 miles yeah so i did i did a 100 mile race in uh on september 3rd this year wow that's incredible and yeah a cover of running runner's world yeah like, cover of runner's world you know i did my my last marathon i ran in 320 um i just broke 130 and a half last weekend um no well the weekend before thanksgiving and then i just broke i did 49 uh, i did 39 42 for the turkey trot 10k this past thursday that's incredible and, and so that's four four years of training running. That's just yeah. I hate even calling it training. It's me having fun with my friends, going on twenty mile runs and getting up and I enjoy this. I have a group of people that meet pretty much as a default every morning at four thirty. And oh, wow. you know, we might not all run the same speed, but we'll all start together and we all kind of finish together and stretch and shoot the shit, get caught up, and we are our own little family, you know? We're our own little nucleus of and, and that's that accountability. That's that that I don't want to let myself down, of course, but I also have this community of like minded people around me yeah. that I don't want to let down either. I don't want them to I want them to remember my face. I want Surround I want to yourself be part with people of who are pulling right. in the same direction. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um and and so these things getting faster, running longer, um, have all just losing weight, and all just been a side effect of really just surrendering to running as something i do and loving you yeah and loving and loving me letting myself have my running um even when it doesn't seem like the most prudent thing to do let myself have a run anyway even though i probably should get up and go do x first yeah no i'm gonna do this right now prioritize health yep even if it means i gotta wake up at 3 30 which i do wake up at 3 30 a lot um, but that's that's just how we roll. That's what we do. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. It's been incredible talking to you. No, same here, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate the call. Awesome. Thank you. All right, brother. Peace. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mend It Pass podcast at www.menditpass.com. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very happy, safe, and enjoyable holiday season from my family to yours. See you all next time. Visit Mendipass.com and get back to bed now.